Joining the chorus, it's time for another North Melbourne Footy Club update with Dean Vasic and special guests on Hashtag Kangaroos. Welcome to another episode. My name is Dean Vasic. You can find me on Twitter at Hashtag Kangaroos or on Instagram at Hashtag Kangaroos Podcast. So today I'm going to announce a sponsor. So who here has tried to sell a house and been told by a real estate agent, yeah, mate, I'll get 700k for this three-bedroom house if you go with me, only to be told three weeks later, yeah, you'll have to drop the price to get interest. Then it gets passed at auction and you're stressed out trying to sell it because you've got, you've still got uh, mortgage payments, bills and everything else that comes with life. Well, stress no more. Barry Plant, Craigie Byrne will look after you without the stresses of trying to sell a house. Now, I wouldn't endorse a product, but I've had first-hand experience in selling a house with Barry Plant and have smashed the reserve price quite easily both times. Also, if you're looking at renting an investment property, they'll look after you as well with getting the best tenants possible with thorough background checks and you don't have to do anything except watch the rent come into your account. How good is that? Now, Barry Plant will take care of everything. So no stress, no worries. Uh, just ask for Damien Crivelli uh, or any of the other uh, friendly staff and they will look after you. Just say hashtag kangaroos or Dean Vasic re- recommended you and they will definitely look after you. So also Damien is a North supporter as well, which, which makes it even better. So he's always happy to chat, chat about North. Um, Usually when I get on the phone with him, um, it might be a little bit uh, talk about rental properties or inve- or looking at um, getting an investment property, but um, yeah. 10 of the 15 minutes, we'll be talking about North Melbourne. So, anyways, uh, just call Barry Plant, uh, Craigieburn on 9305-5533 or look up barryplant.com.au and they will look after you. So, yeah, that's my uh, first and only sponsor So at the moment. So, we'll see how we go. Anyways, um, so today I was joined by Claire Cozzy. So, a lot of you probably already know her from uh, North Talk. Um, I got her on to talk about the AFLW team uh, today specifically, our disappointing loss to Adelaide Crows. Um, Yeah, so I wanted to get her thoughts on that. So I won't hold you up anymore. I'll bring on Claire right now. All right, so I'm joined by Claire Cozzy, who uh, debuted on the Hashtag Kangaroos podcast. Uh, Claire, you've been uh, dropped from the North Talk podcast, dropped from the (laughs) reserves here, so I thought I'd get you on to talk about the AFLW game that just happened uh, against the Crows on uh, the weekend. Probably a little bit of a disappointing loss, especially the fade-out in the last quarter. How did you see the game? Um, Look... There's so many emotions because I was actually at brunch at the time, so I didn't get to watch it live. And then I did this really toxic thing that I decided to lock myself in a room and watch the whole replay. Um, (laughs) But that's okay. Um, No, look, fantastic start, electric, everything that I wanted to see happened in terms of ball movement, small forwards kind of um, creating... Um, Adelaide are renowned for having a very tall, timbered backline, especially the halfback led by Chelsea Randall. So it was really good to see that the midfield and the forwards had addressed that and that there was um, a lot of forward entry that was quite effective. Um, of course, that was for, you know, one quarter and then <laughs> the other three, it became very interesting. Um, for me, it was a momentum shift. Um, you could very clearly tell uh, in the second quarter Sarah Wright, who's one of the North Melbourne defenders, she accidentally gave away a 50-metre penalty that resulted in a Crows goal. And then since that, it kind of led to a chain effect of a whole bunch of other little scenarios that really shifted that kind of momentum um, towards Adelaide. So things like, you know, um, 
Ashfordell running through the centre and, uh, you know, AFLW umpiring. I don't want to do – I could do a whole podcast on AFLW umpiring. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, uh, it's not – anyway, there were, there were a whole bunch of little things that happened. We had, the, we had the ball and we were really building towards some great defensive 50 into the forward entry 50 and then Carney came off with a blood nose. So that halted play and then Crows flooded back and we just started to lose shape. And we started to lose confidence and you could see even our defenders going to two-on-one contests and kind of either losing or it would create a stoppage and Crows were strong enough to kind of um, force their way through it. So, um, look, glass half empty, I would go really disappointing, but glass half full, which is the person that I am, I would go, you know, with a team that has that many changes to their starting 16, we had six new players, well, that have played since round one. Um, it's incredibly difficult to hold shape and hold a game plan when you're under that excessive force that the reigning premiers did bring to the game. Um, so I found that whereas lesser teams like Gold Coast, because they don't have that experience and that, I guess, skill level yet, you can kind of get away with it. But um, I looked at the kind of debutants that we have and we do have, I think, something like seven recruits. We've got Vicky Wall and Erica O'Shea, who are the two Irish women who have actually just been in the country for a month. <laughs> um, we've got Tess Craven, who's 19. We've got Gat, who's 18. Granville's 18. McCarthy's a 20-year-old. And we've got Amy Smith, who unfortunately was concussed um, in, you know, what the first – uh, I think it was the second quarter she was concussed, which was a huge out um, and a bigger one that probably not many North fans um, maybe considered is Ali Gavalis, who's done her hamstring. Yeah. Huge out, absolutely massive out. So um, I was really proud of the first quarter, um, but I think that there is a lot of work to do in terms of when pressure is applied to our to our team, then what do we do and how do we respond? Um, so that's kind of the next, I guess, step for us in, in order to how do we grow from these losses. And I think Carney is a very good captain. I think she will uh, definitely address this as long as with Crocker and we'll see that in the next couple of games coming up. But, you know, I understand why North um, supporters feel like, oh, not another season of this again. But from a person that watches them very closely and analyzes them is very critical. I'm their biggest cheerleader and their biggest critic. I can see what they're trying to do and I'm hopeful for the future. Um, so yeah, that's my big well-rounded answer on that one. Apologies if I went a bit too, bit too long on that one. No, that's okay. No, it's uh, good to get an in-depth uh, discussion about it. And that's why I got you on, Claire. You're very knowledgeable about this sort of stuff. And it's a good point about Sarah, right? That Yeah, I felt like that really hurt us. Um, oh, had a complete yeah. brain fade. Um, I don't think it was out on a full load. It looked like no, I didn't full. either. No, yeah. I was so angry because I was like, hang on. And I think I replayed it in the in the match replay on KO. I kept on re looking at it and I think it tapped off her boot. But I was just like, that's not out in the full. And then it was, like you said, it was a massive brain fade. And I, those those 50-meter penalties are so costly because it went from just maybe potentially kicking it at the top of the square and maybe a score involvement, but very much like, you know, could have negated it to like a massive shift of momentum. And it just, yeah, anyway, look, it is what it is. And um, she'll learn from that. She's a very experienced defender and it's just, you know, one of those things that I think that they'll address in the review and she'll have a look at it and sort of 
go through it and maybe you know that as a team they need to collectively look at how to ensure not to give away 50 meter penalties because that can kill you you know in men's or women's so it was a bit of pill to swallow yeah i've brought this up before and i think the 50 meter penalty is too harsh in aflw do you think it should only be about 25 meters yeah, especially also, yes, I do. I do believe it should be shortened, especially considering when some women do play on grounds that are actually quite smaller. So, for example, the um, Sydney game, uh, the start their first inaugural game up in Sydney, that ground that they played in was 60 metres shorter than an average, oh, wow. you know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, it's a yeah, it's a huge huge advantage um, when you've given that much uh, space. So yeah, look, I, I think that there are ways in which we can still penalise poor behaviour, but I think the fifty middle men, even the men's, I think it's way too harsh. I don't think it should dictate games, um, and especially in AFLW where we know it's a low scoring game, like we're aware of it, it really shouldn't dictate the game. Um, but like I said, I could probably talk to you about that for years. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I agree. Um, yeah, I mean, because I brought that up before, and I remember talking to a Collingwood supporter last year when I was doing the podcast, when I was previewing the North versus Collingwood game, and he said, well, half our goals uh, throughout the year have been through 50-metre penalties um, because they, they were struggling up forward. And he goes, if, if it wasn't for the 50-metre penalties, we probably wouldn't have won many games. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's one of those things. I mean, it's a fine line. But, uh, yeah, in saying that, uh, there's no excuse from Sarah Wright to just drop a ball on the ground either. So that was that was a little bit disappointing. And good point about Amy Smith. I think it was halfway through the second quarter, got that uh, innocuous kick to the head um, when she was trying to do a smother. And she, she, she started off the game pretty well as well. Yeah. And she started off the year really well. She's um, made that uh, wing position her own in the first three rounds. So Absolutely. Couldn't agree with you more. And and more to the point where, you know, when Kashi left, Caitlin Ashmore, who played for North, I was very worried about how they would fill it. And Bella Eddy stepped in and Amy Smith. And to be honest, I've been absolutely wrapped with Amy Smith's development. And I'm really worried that with the concussion rule that we've got presently, I'm like, does she get to play this week? So... It's one of those, it's, you know, I, I obviously believe that it's the player's welfare is the main uh, point of it, but it's such a heavy, in a very short season that is only 10 games, for a, a key winger and our starting 16, for her to miss three quarters of a game basically and then another game, you know, it just, it hurts quite a bit. So, um, yeah. fingers crossed that she's able to pass the concussion test and be able to uh, available for selection this round because I think, like you said, I think she's an incredibly important player and I think she is really doing that ring, like the wing to like kind of like pushing forward midfield really well, especially with the um, missing piece of Ali Gavalis. We kind of need that that style of player as well. So fingers crossed for that one. Um, yeah, I mean, we're injury-free halfway through last week. We had all these options to pick from, and now we've got uh, Gavalis out for four to six weeks, which is effectively half the season in AFLW, um, and she's been really good the first uh, three games. So, yeah, yeah it's um, it's disappointing to yeah lose her. Um, I mean, we had a good replacement, Abitangelo. It was good to see her back. She's just come back. Yeah. So, yeah, we'll, um, we'll see how we go. Have you, I've been really impressed with the Irish girls and how well they've picked up the game so quickly. Um, Vicky Wall has got a great set of hands. Uh, she looks really dangerous up forward. Um, 
she's just, I mean, she's got a long way to go, obviously, but for a girl that's only been in the country for a couple of months, um, she's picked up the game really well. And so is Erica O'Shea. She's, um, she's a very good one-on-one defender. And um, yeah, she's picked up the game really well. Have you been impressed with him? Absolutely. I really love them. I love the risk that North took um, in going it. I think they, you know, we, we lost Aileen Grillroy, which I was still very, and I'm, I'm, I'm the type of person that once a player leaves the club, I don't hit, hold any kind of resentment or anything because especially in AFLW when there's no money in it whatsoever. Mm, so no, exactly. I was like, you know what, go off queen. If that's what you want to do and that's what suits you, then I'm absolutely happy to support you from afar. Um, but yeah, they have North Melbourne identified the fact that they needed that speed and the run and curry through um, the halfbacks with Carney and with Nicole Brosnahan. So they've put Erica O'Shea down there and I think she's really good. She's picked it up quite naturally. Um, there was a couple of mistakes on the weekend that, you know, you have to just forgive a third third game player. You know, I think, again, like I said, to touch upon this idea of if we have a starting 16 that's out in the field, six of them are new players to the team. So to absorb, I guess, that game plan under the pressure can be really, really hard. Which uh, players do you think played well, uh, Claire? Um, I think the usual suspects uh, in the sense that um, I think Garner had a terrific game. Asher Dell had a good one. Jenna Bruton did a bit. Um, she's kind of that player that um, when we play well, you really notice her. But sometimes when we fade away, she also can fade away. And I really like her. But um, I thought that Carney, of course, I thought Brojnahan did well on the half back line. Um, I thought Kim Rennie held her own in the ruck. I think she did okay um, against some really tall opponents. Um, for me, it was that we had individual performances through, you know, Riddell and through Ghana, but we didn't have enough team balance. Um, so someone who I think is pivotal to our performance and there's a real barometer is uh, Talia Randall. So if when she's up and about and she's clunking marks and kicking goals or she's involved in, in score involvement in that forward 50, North seemed to be playing really well. Uh, mm-hmm. But she was held quite well in her tagging role. I think Chelsea Randall was on her for the majority of the game and I think she ended up with less than five disposals, uh, which is not ideal. I think Emma King probably didn't have one of her best days as well. So um, we had some good players um, in Riddell and Ghana, but unfortunately we didn't have that balance. And, you know, good sides like Adelaide will hurt you because as a whole team, as a composition, they kind of all really play well, play well together in unison, whereas we kind of only had two standout um, plays for the match. But, uh, you know, it's hard It's hard to beat the reigning premiers over in Adelaide. It was a hard task. So I can understand um, why we, we kind of cracked under that pressure. I mean, Ed Naranoff, for me, was really well held in round one and I was very surprised that Crocker didn't tag her. Uh, and do a role on her. I, I really would have, if I had have made one coaching decision, I would have chosen to put Bruton on Marinoff and just run with her the entire game for a negating role. Because um, I think Marinoff had a lot of clearance work. She did really well in the stoppages and she just kind of broke open the game. And it would have been, I think, a really good coaching move to negate that by tagging. But um, mm. as it yeah, were, we didn't. Yeah, I was about to ask you about that because Ebony Marinoff, uh, 29 possessions, 13 tackles, you know, uh, and Hatchard, 23 touches as well, seven tackles. They were very influential in the game. I'm surprised, like you said, I'm surprised that you didn't put more time into 
Marinoff. Um, they did win the clearance count uh, quite comfortably as well. Yeah, I, th- I felt their midfield really got on top of ours. Like, I didn't think our midfield was terrible by any means. It's been quite good this year. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I-, I felt like their midfield got on top of us uh, when it mattered the most, probably in the second half. Um, yeah, Jasmine Garner, fantastic again. I thought Aliso Lachlan... Um, Played really well on the forward line as well. Um, really, probably our best forward uh, for the for the um, afternoon. She did. Uh, she, kicked, she kicked a nice goal and um, really got herself in the contest. Pushed up the ground and uh, tried to get it, got a few uh, possessions inside fifty as well. But uh, yeah, ta- you mentioned Talia Randall. Uh, only the two touches. Uh, only had the one touch last week. We're going to find a way to get her more in the game, don't we? Yeah, absolutely. And that's that's what I mean when we talk about Gavalis not being there. And I know Abba came back and Alyssa Lachlan came in as well, but not having that synergy. And I just feel like Gavalis is such a big, strong ball mover going into the forward 50 and she's able to identify targets or bring the, you know, the ball to the ground and kind of, you know, she's such a massive missing piece in that starting 16. Um, so much so that, you know, with the running patterns that Talia Randall kind of does run and, and, and her uh, forward kind of uh, role to play, Gavalis can really add, I guess, that extra layer of pressure um, and also, like, will take away another a key defender. So Randall doesn't always have to play on um, the top the top defender. So, yeah, she didn't have a great – it wasn't like, – overall, it wasn't a really great day for our tools in terms of Kingy, uh, Rennie and Randall. Um, and I put that down to Adelaide just being that better balanced team. And also, I mean, they've got one of the biggest – the tallest lists in the league. They're a very tall, timbered team with Najwa Allen, um, Hatchard. Um, who else have they got? And Munyard's quite tall. They've just got a very tall team, so it's hard to actually get over the top of them and kind of run the ball. So when when the ball was in the forward line, it moved quickly in there. You did bring those small forwards into play like Sophie Abertangelo and Alice O'Loughlin and Vicky Wall. But it honestly felt like for the three quarters, Northwood just so struggled to get the ball across that half-forward line and then it would just kind of be repelled and Adelaide were really good enough to kind of set up some really slick ball movement and move it forward. Um, so, yeah. yeah, difficult to watch, but I think a lot to be learnt, I guess. Yeah, Sarah Allen uh, was pretty good in the, in the back half as well. Yeah, one of the uh, premier defenders in the competition. So, yeah, she's uh, very tough to get past. And, um, you yeah, know, Caitlin Gould in the ruck as well oh, gave yeah. the first uh, option in the ruck. Yeah, they are very um, tall uh, forward line. And obviously... Uh, Danielle Ponto at the end uh, kicked in a pretty important goal in the last quarter to pretty much seal the fate. So, yeah, they've got yeah. plenty of options, even with the loss of Erin uh, Phillips. They're, they've started off slow, like the first couple of games. They they lost to Melbourne and even last week against Richmond. I, I felt like um, they were outplayed for three quarters against Richmond and probably lucky to only be eight points down and overran them in the last quarter. But, um, yeah, I mean, they're starting to build now. Uh, yeah. A, yeah. You could sort of tell, as, uh, particularly the last three quarters against us, they, they really... Um, yeah, they outplayed us pretty much. So, yeah. yeah, I mean, what do you think we need to do to sort of take that next step? I mean, we lost to Melbourne by two points. Um, we're in the game against Adelaide with five minutes to go. I think it's only one or two-point game. What do you think we need – is it just a simple thing or do you think it's a combination of things that uh, we need to work on to just take that next step? Yeah, I think it's absorbing pressure. I think, honestly mm-hmm. – I think a lot of, like I said, a lot of North fans will be a little bit dismayed given the past two results and how 
tip to the post when it came to that Melbourne game. I mean, we were in it all game and we looked really, really good when we were on and we just couldn't. Melbourne held the ball off us for, you know, four or five minutes so we couldn't just kind of get it back. But um, And then the Adelaide game, yeah, they, they did outclass us. I think what it comes down to, I think not many people um, realise that North Melbourne is one of the teams, apart from the expansion teams, it's undergone a lot of change. And so what I mean by that is that we have seven new players, I think seven or six new players that are into the starting 16 on the ground. So when, you, when you're getting that many new players to understand the game plan, to trust the systems, to back themselves into contests, to make space or to remember what tempo football that you're playing, simple things like that, it's quite a learning process, especially, you know, for the Irish recruits that have been in the country, you know, for a month or so trying to adopt the new game. So for me, it's it's going to be momentum building. The next couple of rounds, we've got Geelong down in Tassie. Um, pretty sure we've got Western Bulldogs, the Swinburne Centre, so Punt Road. Uh, I think we've got Collingwood at Vic Park. I think we finally get a game against the Swans at Arden Street. So we've got a real big chunk of time until we go up to our next challenge, which I think is Brisbane, that will play down in Arden Street. So Brisbane, to me, are the cream of the crop. They're... Um, you know, they're going to be the absolute bar that I think everyone should reach for. So what I'm looking to see in the next, I guess, month of football is to see how North Melbourne absorb pressure and how they stick to their game plan and what their ball movement looks like. Because over the weekend, we watched them kind of just falter with chip kicks or kind of dodgy handballs because they really kind of questioned um, basic skills. So it's for me... I want to really build some momentum in the next month and see what kind of football they and what kind of brand they're trying to build at Arden Street. And then the real test is when we play Brisbane because that's going to be at Arden Street and that's going to be a real big challenge to see how that type of football holds up under immense pressure. I think we've got a nice little block that we can build into and like we can get that experience into the new debutants. We can kind of work on, you know, how to be, how to hold shape under excessive kind of pressure and, and intense game situations or what do we, how do we set up a stoppage to make sure that we're goal side so we don't give away, you know, a cheeky goal or how do we make sure that we are defensively moving a ball that is quite safe um, or, you know, Things like that. So I think for me, the next step is really clarifying and distilling a good game plan that's going to hold up against the good teams. And I don't think we're that far off it. I mean, we got beaten by Melbourne by two points and we're in the Adelaide game until, you know, the last five minutes. So it's not to say that our brand is bad. It's not throwing, you know, the baby out with the bathwater. It's just refining and tweaking and experience. You know, that's what we need to do is just blood these new players get them to absorb the pressure, understand the game, get a feel and a real sense of what the game is like. Um, and I think that that next block of football will be really, really important. The only, I guess, flip side to this, if I'm being honest, is that now that we've gone two losses, there is a bit of pressure to um, make that, you know, that, that final. So we can't really afford to drop another game at this point, you know. So... Pressure's on, I guess. Um, but, yeah, that that's kind of, I guess, where I see us. It, it's momentum building into batting harder, longer, and being able to endure and come out bolder from the experience against the high-pressure teams. Yeah, no, I couldn't agree. Yeah, no, you make some really good points here. And I was probably, you know, I think we've been a bit too 
harsh on a criticism because, like you said, there is a lot of new girls there and they're in their first year and we've lost a lot of experience like you know, like a Bannister, um, Ashmore, Daisy Bateman, Aileen Gilroy. You know, that's 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 a, f- a fair bit of talent and yeah. a couple more after that. Um, and, yeah. you know, we've had to replace them with first-year players effectively like Taylor yeah. Gatt, um, you know, uh, Sophia. Charlie Granville, yeah, yeah, Sophia yeah. McCarthy. Yeah, yeah, and that's the thing. Not many teams have actually undergone as much change as North when it comes to, apart from the expansion teams that have obviously built a list out of, you know, um, from scratch. North Melbourne is one of the biggest teams that has undergone so much change. Melbourne has actually only gotten better. Um, so they've got the same team that they took into the grand final minus Shelley Scott. And Adelaide, I know, have missed some talent with Aaron Phillips and a couple of other um, players moving to Port Adelaide. But realistically, some of their, you know, depth players, their reserve players were, you know, a, a quite talented, talented females that could have got a game anywhere else. So when you, you know, consider the fact that we've got six new players on the field, which is nearly half the team when we have 16 aside in AFRW, it's a lot to ask those new players to execute under pressure and to follow a game plan and to absorb. Um, so, and, you know, the biggest test we had, where unfortunately we've we've got a fixture that up front, we've got the two, you know, grand finals in the first three rounds. So a lot of people I think have a little bit written of us off and sort of said, okay, this is the same North Melbourne that's come every year. But I do genuinely see so much difference in the game style in the um I guess the way the club kind of has identified its problems and said hey this is what we're going to do to resolve them um and you know culturally speaking this is how we can make sure that you know we're a club that's successful for a while like we've you know got a whole bunch of 19 year olds 18 year olds I think Erica O'Shea is 20 and I think Vicky Wall's 24 so they're not only just looking at you know um winning a flag this year they're also creating a succession plan which I think is really important um for AFLW yeah yeah 100% I couldn't agree more so yeah I mean you, you mentioned the game plan there you've mentioned that quite a few times now have you seen the way we've played so far, it seems like we're trying to uh, take on the corridor a lot more and we're trying to play on a lot more. Um, it's a bit of a run-and-gun style sort of game. Have you seen that as well? We're trying to take yeah. the game on a bit more? Yeah, definitely attacking through the corridor. Um, we flare out a little bit at the stoppage. I notice when we win a stoppage in the centre, uh, we'll flare out to the wings and we try and open the space. So the idea behind that, I think, is to make the forward 50 a lot more open for our big tools like Randall and King to have more um, leading kind of lines and, I guess, old-school leading patterns. So the whole idea at a stoppage centre is we flare out a bit to our wings and we try to create more space and then we try to enter the forward 50 um, to give service to our big tall forwards and then hope, you know, our crumbing forwards can kind of bring the ball into play. But, yeah, definitely through the half back, it was it's definitely been identified with players, you know, like Carney going for a running carry, Brezhnehan and um, Erica O'Shea have definitely been told. They've given the, the green light to attack the corridor. And basically, I, I guess, you know, for North Melbourne, um, you know, in our first inaugural year, we never really had a problem scoring. That was really, like, quite a lucrative. We, we scored quite a lot. But it's dried up over the years. We kind of have identified the fact that, we're not as heavily scoring team. We're quite a good defensive team now. Like we've tightened that area up, but we're not as um, probably 
big on scoring as other teams. So we've got to try and attack the corridor and, and kind of play the whole Russian roulette. When it works, it looks great. But then sometimes against Melbourne and sometimes against Adelaide, it, it didn't look great at all because there was a, you know, a turnover in the centre and then bang, it kind of results in a goal. So, um, yeah, definitely attacking the corridor and a lot more. They're trying to, you know, when they're moving from a centre stoppage, they're definitely trying to flare out a little bit more and give our big tall forwards those big marks to clunk onto um, with the whole idea of, of being able to have, you know, higher scoring kind of opportunities to win games. So um, it, it's a game plan that I back in. Um, I definitely think that it, it's, it can be successful. We, it, we saw it work against Melbourne up until, you know, the last minutes, which was very frustrating. It can work. I saw it against Gold Coast. We played three quarters and then we gassed out in the last quarter. We just completely – I think we honestly run, ran ourselves ragged with how mm. much kind of attacking of the corridor we did. So the last quarter wasn't really a reflection. It was just the players kind of been exhausted and that whole cramping and no one can really prepare you for your first game back in AFLW. But – um. I'll be interested to see because they've got Geelong this week down in Tassie and I'll be very interested to see what kind of style they go because they know that defensively, you know, Geelong are quite tight and they don't actually leak a lot of a lot of goals. So I'll be I'll be very interested to see what um, game plan they'll execute down in Tasmania. So, yeah. yeah might, as well do, might as well do a quick preview of the game coming up then against Geelong. Now, you said they've been very tight defensively. Well, they've been... They've conceded 15 points in the weekend. They conceded one point against Fremantle um, the week before and I think 11 points against Richmond. So they're going to be hard to score against. Uh, It's a pretty good challenge, isn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah. It'll be very interesting. I think like the men's side, well, actually the men's side played better down there maybe five years ago, but we (laughs) we do end up being a better team down in Tassie for whatever reason. Um, We end up kind of growing legs down there and adding maybe two or three goals. Depending on breeze, it's quite sea breezy down in, in Launceston and Hobart. But um, I do hope to see North take advantage of what I would consider, you know, Meg Mack is the Geelong um, defensive uh, captain down there. But I think in terms of tall stocks, they're not as tall as us. So I'd like to see us rectify, um, I guess, you know, Talia Randall coming off two or three disposals, Emma King not having her best game. It'd be really nice to see them kind of um, rebound and some really strong efforts up forward, even rotating Kim Rennie down there just to try and take advantage of um, maybe a more shorter back line. Um, I think we've definitely got them covered in depth of the midfield. Um, I do like Georgie Prisparkis. I think she's, Gives it a real red hot go in Nina Morrison. Um, but I also think, you know, Riddell, Bruton, Garner um, in there is going to be really strong and hard to compete against. So I think it'll be a case of us being a, out, out being able to outscore Geelong because as much as I do think that they've got a very tight defensive unit, I also think that they have some really strong key areas up forward where they're not. They're kind of struggling. And I think North are pretty tight defensively as well. So... Um, I think we'll outscore them. That's my kind of the gist that I get. I'd, I'd like to see a pretty big score as well. I'd like to see in the range of maybe 40 to 50 points. Um, and I don't mind if we concede a couple ourselves, but I just would like to see us score um, in a way that we know that when we stick to the game plan of aiming for our tall forwards and bringing our coming forwards like Vicky Wall into the game and ABBA, that we can be a quite a... Um, I guess I'm trying to think of a word to describe 
um, score involvements. But basically, I, I want to see <laughs> us score more. That's yeah, yeah, that's yeah. my goal for the weekend. Yeah, no, that, yeah, no, that'd be good. Yeah, that's no, um, and yeah, we've got to try and get Tartali Randall Randall uh, involved a lot more. Like, yeah, I mean, the ball, like the last quarter against Adelaide, we didn't get an entry inside fifty, which is you're not going to get uh, many touches if you do that. And uh, yeah, if we can get the ball in quick and just put the ball in the air, she she's got a great set of hands, oh, yeah. um, and she's, she's shown amazing. that in the first few rounds. But um, yeah, we're just not getting the ball down, so it might even be worth just. Um, Throwing it in the ruck for periods of the game just to get your hands on the ball. Um, yeah, that's what I was thinking also against Adelaide. I thought, why not kind of inject her in a role of ruck and push Kim Rennie or rotate? Because King, Rennie, and Randall act as the rucks depending on where the ball is on the ground. Um, so, yeah, I did think that it might be worthwhile. I, that being said, you know, like like we said before, we touched on the fact that we were technically in the Adelaide game up until five minutes in the last quarter. So yeah, it, it might have been a risk. It might not have. But, um, yeah, it'd be good to see her rebound, her and Emma King, because I think there was, a, there was a moment where I thought North were on here and we were about to score a goal and Emma just kind of dropped and accidentally slipped on the half-forward line. And I felt sorry for it because you had to see that. But again, it was such a momentum shift as well. I thought, okay, we're back. We've really got some good ball movement here and then it kind of just collapsed for her. So I'm really hoping that, you know, a team trip down to Tassie will really galvanise the group. They can clearly outline the next month of footy that they have and where they can see, you know, how they can kind of improve as a team um, is going to be really, really key down there. Um, and I, I do think, I do believe in the power of those, you know, team travel. I do think it actually really helps to unify teams and kind of get them all gathered together and, and have chats and stay in hotel rooms and play games and kind of just really get to you know um improve as a list i think that can be really really helpful um in terms of building relationships and building team unity and like we said you know the the irish girls have been here for a minute so it might be nice for them to to have that opportunity to do some um some travel i know it's just to tasmania but that could be really nice for them you know yeah, hundred percent. Um, yeah, there's a few good spots uh, in Tassie over there. So yeah, I mean, you get to know each other over dinner and and stuff like that. So yeah, no, it'd be good uh, to yeah, a bit of bonding session and uh, yeah, getting to know uh, each other a little better, I guess. So yeah, because there are a lot of uh, first year players as well, and uh, yeah, the the quicker you make them feel comfortable, the m- more comfortable they'll f- uh, feel out on a football field as well. So yeah, yeah I mean. Yeah. Look, we we talked about um, you know Hatchard and Marinoff. Um, if Georgie Prisparkas gets on top of us early, do you think we have to put time and effort into someone that uh, is, is doing well in the midfield? Like like you mentioned, Jenna Brutton. Um, yeah, do you think like someone like that could go to a, you know a Prisparkas if if she's getting on top? Yeah, I, I do think it's. I think that tagger role can be quite um, effective, and I think. Mm. Um, Georgie really is a barometer for, for Geelong. She really, when oh, she's yeah. up and about, she can really bring that spirit and energy with her. So I think to really get on top of that early would be a really great idea. I wouldn't even mind like a Bella Eddy on her because Bella Eddy's trying to be push. She's one of those very odd players that kind of plays a little bit of everywhere. She can play in the wings. She can sometimes push forward. She can also play a halfback role. So and, you know, mm-hmm. to give more time to kind of midfield minutes, I wouldn't mind if she kind of rotated with Bruton and they did a role and did a job on Georgie. Um, but, yeah, I think I think it's it's be- if, if Crocker and Carney can identify in the first quarter that this might be an issue, 
I think it's worth putting the homework and time and research into Georgie to make sure that, you know, she doesn't get to dictate the game on her own terms. As much as I really like it, I, you know, as a fan of AFRW, I really enjoy watching her play. But I watch her play every other game. Uh, but against North, I hate her. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm getting the same too. So, yeah, no, 100%. Couldn't agree more. So, yeah, it's, yeah, she's, yeah she is the barometer uh, for them at the moment. I mean, I think the first round she kicked two of the – Two of their goals, pretty much both their goals yeah. against Geelong, and pretty much one of the games. So, and she was very uh, influential on the weekend um, as well against Collingwood. Didn't get the win, but um, still was uh, a very good player. Hopefully, she doesn't follow her, foot, her sister's footsteps and decides to go up at Essendon as well because uh, mm. we don't like that. No, we don't want that. I hear rumours though. I've got a couple of mates that play FPW, so you just hear all the the rumour mill all the time. And but I, I do think that. You know, I think she's studying at Deakin down there. I think she's really happy. I think she likes that it's a bit out of Melbourne and she's got a different kind of world down there. So it's one of those hard things, I think, off air we were talking about, how players, though, can get sucked into premiership windows. And, you know, if if a player does see uh, a potential in a group, I I mean, I'd love to. I'd have her sign up at North tomorrow if I could. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, yeah, 100%. But uh, yeah, it's it's one that that's another thing that I, I guess I really like about North is that they're creating. Whilst we do have a lot of these debutants, first year players that you know that are quite young, it's about building a succession plan. And I really mm-hmm. applaud North for identifying the fact that you know this this game is growing quite quickly and talent is being snapped up. So what can we do to make sure that we don't just have a premiership window for the next you know two years? Let's really try and build a strong core of group of, of women around us to make sure that we really contend for quite a couple of years because we know with contention and playing finals, it draws talent. So I think it's, mm. it's really smart of North. As much as I was um, quite sad on the off-season to let go of some really um, great, great athletes, you know, like Cashy, like Gilroy, um, Bannister, um, who else left? Uh, Duffin's gone. I, you know, I, I watch them and I, I think good on you for leaving, but also as bad as it sounds, we don't miss you, you know? Like, yeah, yeah. We, we moved on. Yeah, yeah, we moved on. We've not. It's not left a hole that I thought it would. I think we've done, North has done a really good effort in making sure to fill the gaps with young talent, which I'm very impressed with. Um, yeah, I mean, we, we've still got that, Core like the Jazz Garners, Emma Carnes, Emma Kings, um, you know, a number of others. Um, that uh, you know, we, we're going to be, we're going to still be a strong team as long as we've got those players there. Yeah, and, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, we've still got a, you know, a, a bit, you know, a top six is probably you know as good as any six in the competition, if not the best. But yeah. probably just falls away a bit, um, and that's that's the inexperience. And you know, if they, you know, if they um, come good quickly, then you never good, you never yeah. know. So, you know, I mean, that's that could be the difference between us, you know, um, getting close to these top teams like Adelaide and Melbourne to winning a game against them. So you, you never know. And, uh, yeah. It's, yeah, it's just development, right? It's it's just yeah. like, you know, you think about Mia King and Gavalis when they first came to North, they were quite, um, you know, inexperienced footballers and now they've really grown in their ability to kind of their game awareness, their game plan. They're, they're more leaders of the club now. I mean, Mia King probably didn't have her best game that she's played I think in her last season she really really stood up to the challenge she's not really stood out to me um this season yet but she has so much you know potential and so much upside to her football and I think she's only I think 23 or something like that so you like I said that you've got your core group of you know um 
I think Riddell's 26, Garner's 26, I think Bruton's 25, Carney's a bit older at 32, um, and I think Emma King, I think, is maybe 30 or so. But you've still got, and Randall as well, you've still got that core group of really strong leaders that can lead. It's it's against the good teams. Um, you need the Mia Kings to stand up. You need your Abitangelos and your those kind of players to stand up. And at the moment, unfortunately... It's just not happened, which is fine because, you know, we're still learning a new game plan and we're still trying to figure out what works and what doesn't work. But, yeah, it'll it'll be telling in the next month or so how well, you know, this new north is kind of gelling together. Yeah, 100%. And, um, yeah, look, uh, it, it all starts on uh, Friday night against Geelong. Um, we're probably looking at one change. It looks like Amy Smith might be out uh, with the 12-day yeah. concussion uh, rule. Who do you think would come in for her? Yeah, I was doing the math on this one. I actually was thinking about um, – so there's a midfielder, she's pretty tall actually, Perry King, um, and she I think is about 18 or not. She's a new debutante player, um, not related to any of the other Kings, ironically, yeah. Emma or Mia. Um, but she's a bit of a tall mid. I think she could come in and kind of play her role – maybe off the halfback or the wing, depending on what they want to do. Um, there's also someone called Zoe, and I don't know how to pronounce her last name, um, but she is a rookie. She was rookie listed. She's um, a footballer, for, sorry, a soccer player first. She's still doing her school actually at Wesley College in Melbourne. But I looked at her profile and she's kind of very speedy, quick, zips around a bit. I thought potentially maybe she comes in if they want to elevate her off the rookie list. Unfortunately, with Gavalis being out with a hamstring and Grace Campbell, um, unless they want to potentially shift and put Daniel Hardiman back in and put her as a backman, I guess, and then move maybe either Jazz Ferguson or Sarah Wright, and maybe they put her, they put them towards the half back line, and does Carney go back in the middle? It's yeah, it's it's a hard switch with Amy Smith because she's quite a unique utility player. So I think in no disrespect to the player that comes in for her, it's just a very hard player to fill in there. Um, so I wouldn't mind a Perry, a Perry King, but I wouldn't be surprised if Danielle Hardiman gets the nod as a back and then maybe they push Jazz Ferguson or Sarah Wright a little bit up the field um, or, you know, Carney goes and and plays and does some midfield minutes or, you know, that might be an option. Um, yeah. You wouldn't, uh, you wouldn't consider Ella, Ella Mora? Like, um, she's been emergency like pretty much the, every game. This, oh. this, and she, she's a midfielder, so it would be almost a like-for-like replacement. I haven't so, seen – yeah, I haven't she's seen – She's more much. of an inside mid. Yeah, okay. I, I honestly, I haven't seen much of it. Did she play VFL this year? Um. Oh. I haven't seen much of the VFL, to be honest with you, but yeah, uh, she has been an emergency. That's all I can tell you at the moment. Yeah, well, I mean, it does make sense, wouldn't it? I feel like you've done a lot more research than me. Yeah, if I, I kind of I look at the team list and I kind of just glance over it. But, no, I think maybe if she's coming in and she's an inside mid, then that could definitely maybe push someone, maybe an inside mid out to play a wing role or they just rotate. Um, but, yeah, look, I don't know much about her. She, she'd obviously be a debutante, no? Yeah, yeah, she is. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, yeah. So, I'll just, um, yeah, you got Hannah Hannah Bowie as well at uh, the replacement yeah. for Grace Campbell. She's a wingman, so um, yeah. might I be an option. Her. 
She's yeah, from she's... the Collingwood VFL team, so yeah, I did see her. So she's done a she's done quite a bit of work. I think she's related to the Melbourne player, and I think her aunt yeah, or someone um... used to play for St Kilda Sharks. So quite a yeah. bit of a throwback there. Yeah, I, I would be. You know, I, I really like um, the debutants. The I think the social media teams of AFLW do a really good job of um, promoting when a debutant gets the call up to play their first game. So. Um, yeah, I'd be happy to see any of them, kind of uh, Bowie or I think Ellie, to get a game. That would be fantastic. Or Perry King as well. I think she's a um, a, a midfielder as well. So, yeah, yeah I, I think it'll be hard to replace. I know she's it's only in her third game, so it seems quite silly to say it. But Amy Smith will be a big loss, I think, on the weekend. From what I can see of her, she's got a lot of upside and she can be used as a utility around the ground. So. She's a good find. Um, I'm a bit gutted that she won't be there. But if I'm being also honest, I feel a little bit better knowing that we're playing Geelong. So it would have been – and that's not to be disrespectful to Geelong, but it's more like, you know, if this was against a Brisbane or a um, kind of a club that sits around us in the table, I'd feel a little bit more, um, I guess, frustrated. But I think – I do feel very confident in beating Geelong on Friday night. Um, yeah, yes, yeah. I'm, I'm confident we can bounce back against Geelong. I think we only need to score about 20 points. It might be enough um, the way they're scoring as well. So, yeah, I think it'll be a low scoring game, but uh, it might be a ca- case of you know, a 31 to 19 win or something like that. Yeah. yeah. In my head, I mean, I really like to see them open the floodgates, and I, I wouldn't even mind if we if we did drop you know five goals against us. I'd just like us to see. I think for the confidence of the game plan and, and to give our tall forwards a real look at it, I'd like us to, like I said, to try and aim for maybe a seven-goal mark because I just feel like if we're going to beat a Brisbane, if we're going to really climb the mountain, then we've got to be able to score because teams like that, you know, average, Brisbane are insane with their, their average margin <laughs> at the moment. They're just they're kicking they're everyone out of the house. They're just insane, which is good, like good on them. But I just I feel like – we almost need to prove to ourselves as well. It's it's good to be defensively orientated and make sure that we don't leak too much and keep a you know a nice tidy sheet. But it's also it's really important these games are to to kind of uh, I guess remind ourselves that we are a successful forward line that we can build that we can create a lot of score involvements and that we can really capitalize because a couple of years ago I think twenty nineteen or twenty twenty we were the, one of the highest scoring teams in the league and mm-hmm. I feel like it's kind of dried up a bit, I guess. Um, so, yeah. I've got about the 2020 season there that you mentioned it because I, I think we would have won it that, that year. Yeah, oh, don't even. Don't. <laughs> I, I cannot. I get into a fight with my friend about this because she was currently – so one of my best mates is Lauren Bazali who plays for uh, – she played for Carlton at the time and Carlton were – were pretty decent actually as well but yeah, right. when yeah. they shut down that season we get into so many arguments about who would have won the flag because I said North were I know we would have had to go on to Frio to play Frio um, as it like you know but when that fixture cut off I was gutted because I think honestly that was the best North Melbourne team I'd mm. watched in such a long time and I was like we've got this we're going to win a flag with this team so yeah that that is a very particular bitter uh <laughs> bit of yeah. piece of history that I, you know, if anyone wanted to 
fire me up over anything AFRW related, it would be uh, that because I just think, yeah, we were definitely in the prime box seat to win a flag that year and it still hurts if I'm being quite honest. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I didn't mean to get, get you on a tangent or anything like that, but yeah, I remember that year and we were flying and then oh. all of a sudden it turned to shit in about the uh, seven-day period. We, we played that final um, it was against Collingwood, wasn't it? We yep. just got out of the line, and yep. then they pretty much shut the, shut the season off after that. Uh, yeah, and, it was uh, very disappointing. It was and, gutting. It was yeah. yeah that was the, that was one of the first finals because we've always had that difficulty. We make finals, but we've not been able to make that next leap into winning a final, and that was quite a significant period of of our history in terms of being able to go over the top of Collingwood. I think it was at. Yeah. I remember being there as well. I don't know whether it was at Icon or. I forget. But Victoria. It was, like, Is it, was it Victoria Park? Was it Park? Vic Park? Yeah, I'm pretty well, sure we, it was Victoria we lost, Park. We lost, uh, we lost an, the in a, inexcusable loss against Pies at Vic Park recently. Oh, We're that's not... right. Yeah, no, I'm getting mixed up now. Yeah, I think it that was, was awful. Icon Park, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. that was an awful. I sat there sweating. Yeah. I think it was like a 40-degree day thinking we've got it in the bag. We're up by like three goals at three-quarter time and they just yeah. stormed home. It was... Incredibly yeah, difficult to watch. <laughs> um, yeah, oh, we can go on about this uh, all night if we talk yeah. about our heartbreaks, especially their men's team. So, oh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, just with Hannah Bowie, she her brother does play for Melbourne. Um, yeah, Jake Bowie. Um, if you ever see Jake Bowie, they, they're very similar in, as far as looks go. They, you oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So, and uh, their old man did play for Southport Sharks, I think, or something like oh, that. So right. that's going back. Uh, Number of years ago now, so wow. yeah, quite yeah, a bit of history family. about Hannah Bowie. So if she makes a debut this week, which is a chance because she has been emergency and probably a like for like replacement with Amy Smith. So yeah, you, you, you already know a bit about her. So yeah, yeah, it's good to know. Yeah, I'll definitely keep an eye on her. Hopefully, I can imagine her getting uh, called up throughout the season, which I think is really great. It'd be nice to add some versatile, and that, that's a great thing about the North List at the moment. It's it's got a quiet. It's, it, it bats deep in terms of, you know, we've got some VFL listed players that have come across and, and have played a full season. So they kind of have that, I guess, that energy and the endurance and, and that, that kind of feel for the game, which is really helpful. So fingers mm. crossed some uh, debutante gets the call up. You know, I, I really like Daniel Hardiman as she came in as a back. Yeah, she's a good, player. She's a good yeah. player. But, you know, I always like seeing a debutante. Getting the um, getting the jumper because that was my life dream. I would have loved to have played for the North Melbourne Women's Football Club, but uh, all that dodgy knee. <laughs> <laughs> oh uh, yeah, no. That's no. That's my excuse for not having any talent whatsoever. I just <laughs> my biggest tragedy in this life is that I absolutely adore sport, but I am hopeless at playing this. I am just terrible i love it i love it to death but i'm just no good at it but uh that's okay that's my that's my burden to carry anyway so we'll have to, we'll have to do a, a a whole podcast on uh the career that could have been for you Claire, oh, one day, so. <laughs> in my head i'm like a i'm like a you know 50 50 goal forward <laughs> like i'm i used to play but I, again i wasn't very decent i played reserves and i played as like a, a half forward and I kind of cherry pick goals by just sprinting down forward. And in my head, I'm like a 50 goal forward for North Melbourne that lines up every week at Arden Street. That's just the dream. But um, alas, I've harnessed my passion and I've put it towards more supporting the women that I so admire. Oh, well, that, that's probably not a bad way to be as well. So, uh, on that note, Claire, uh, did you want to <clears throat> did you want to add anything else before I lose my voice and um, yeah, let you go? No, I just wanted to say thank you so much for having me on. I think off air I spoke about how 
fantastic it is to be a part of the North Melbourne community because, like I said, it's it's quite a small community in terms of, um, you know, how many members and, and our, our, you know, who we are is quite small, but it's so mighty and we're so passionate and we're so kind of in love with and we fight. We fight to kind of, I guess, keep our club um, such a huge part of our identity and who we are. So it's just really nice to, to get together with North supporters and talk because it comes with such a passion of being a small Melbourne club that's always had this kind of chip on its shoulder and all this this fighting kind of bounding kangaroo because we know deep down that we've been trying to be written off for such a long time, but we won't go away. And that's kind of our identity now that we are we're such, I guess, shin boners to use a bit of, to a better word, and we have such fighting spirit. So, I think, I guess, all the you know supporters that that listen in and that go through the trials and tribulations that we do each week, and it's so nice to be a part of this community. Um, and I guess if you're one of those fans that's kind of sitting there as an AFLW person and saying, "Hey, you know, it's happening all over again. This is the same North." Um, I'm here to tell you, half glass full. I promise you it's a different outlook. It's a different game plan. It's a different list. Um, And we just have to kind of be patient with, with what's going to happen. And this next kind of block of football that's going to come up is going to be really telling to suggest where we're at as a, as a club. And I I do think we'll make finals um, and I, you know, I'll come back on and I'll, I hope I won't be eating my words there, but I do think (laughs) we are going to be one of those clubs that um, are going to be successful in finals and that can build towards ideally a flag um, and hashtag flag ruse. Yeah, no, it sounds good. No, it's a, it's a pretty good uh, way to finish off too, Claire. No, I don't, yeah, like, like we've talked about, we're not far off. So we just uh, got to hang in there. And the least thing we can do is uh, just uh, get behind the girls and support them. And uh, when we do get an Arden Street game, uh, get down and watch them. It's a, it's a pretty good, uh, it's a pretty good um, product. So, you know, yeah, it. So, 100%. Let's get around those girls. I think rounds maybe five or six at Arden Street against Sydney. It's going to be huge. And it's just, be really nice to you know meet and talk to like-minded people that you know really love to get around the North Melbourne Football Club. Yeah, October second Sunday uh, at five ten against Sydney Swans. So that's our Arden Street game. So yeah, definitely uh, get down. A bit of a late one, but doesn't matter. So, that's all right. That's that's. I mean, five o'clock. I don't know how about you feel about drinking, but that's 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 prime drinking <laughs> time for me. I'll, I'll see you at the Limerick Hotel for a couple of jars before the game. I'll be pretty nervous, so I'll need them. Yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, beautiful. Well, thank you so much for having me. Thank you for your passion. Thank you for your energy because I know being an Osmolder, it's hard and it's nice to have a place to put earbuds in and listen to your work and listen to, I guess, you know, your love because that's something that, you know, that definitely keeps us through the dark and there's been a lot of dark moments as an Osmolder <laughs> supporter recently. It's nice to have those shining lights in that time. So I really appreciate your time and effort into your podcast. So thank you so much for that. No, uh, thank words too, Claire. And uh, where can people find you on uh, Twitter if they wanted to chat to you more about AFLW or North Melbourne in general? Yeah, as well? I mean, I am open. I, I could honestly, like I said, I could talk to you for years about North Melbourne Football Club, um, so much so that I have to kind of sometimes delete my Twitter app and then <laughs> then put it on, put it on again. Um, but no, you can find me at Claire Cozzi and I will talk to you about nearly anything sport related because I just love it so much, um, particularly the North women and the North um, men's team. But yeah, open for a chat about anything. Uh, would love to hear your thoughts and opinions. If you have any questions, please feel free. Um, my 
um, DMs and whatever are always open. I love to connect with North fans. It makes it brings pure joy to my life. So that would be fantastic. Yeah, we'll get beyond clear, everybody. No, it sounds good. And uh, yeah, send her a message. Uh, tell her how well she did uh, in the reserve <laughs> today, and hopefully she can get a promotion to North Talk soon again. Um, but, uh, absolutely yeah. not. I am a keen member to be a part of both. I like um, <laughs> I like the work of any any North community that I can be involved in. I will somehow find a way to get into. So. Absolutely. Happy to come back and happy to be a part of this fantastic podcast. Thank you so much for your time today. So thanks to Claire for coming on the show uh, once again. Um, yeah, probably episode went a bit longer today, but uh, I wanted to do a, a preview of the North versus Geelong game as well. Didn't want to do two separate episodes, so I did it all in one hit this week. So yeah, no, she's got uh, plenty of uh, good thoughts there, Claire. Um, very passionate North supporter. And uh, yeah, it was great to get her on a debut uh, episode, and I'm sure uh, you all enjoyed it, uh, her thorough insight into it all. Um, she's definitely very knowledgeable about the girls, so that was um, yeah, that was a, that was a great interview. I really enjoyed that, and uh, getting to know Claire as well. Um, that's it for this episode. Once again, thanks for all the retweets, likes. Um, you know, Ian, uh, Patrick Allwood, a number of others have all also retweeted the show as well. It really goes out there. So yeah, I can't. Um, yeah, I can't thank you, lovely listeners, enough. I will be back later in the week as well. I'll probably do uh, more of a players' um, review from uh, season 2022 as well. So I'll, I'll continue that as well. Um, and that'll probably be it. I'll probably just do one more episode this week. Uh, I don't think I'll do any more. But, um, yeah, um, once again, um, I can't thank you, lovely listeners, enough for all the great work that you guys are doing to putting the show out there. So, yeah, that's it. Um, anyways, yeah, that's it for this episode. Today, I will leave a shout-out to Alex Oshenko. Bye for now.